This year is also sponsored by friends of David Wicks, in his memory. The last psukim in the book of Shemot are about the Mishkan. The Mishkan. The Mishkan is later on in history called the Mikdash. And the change in names is probably um, indicative about the difference between the Mishkan and the Mikdash. But right now, we're talking about the Mishkan. Now, Oel Mo'ed, the name Oel Mo'ed, is the name given to the building in the Mishkan. It was, in fact, a tent. And Mo'ed, Mo'ed is from the word Vad, which means to come together. It was the place that Moshe Rabbeinu came together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught him the Torah, and whatever else was necessary at that time. So, Vayichasa Anan Edol Mo'ed, Uchvod Hashem Mishkan. So, Oel Mo'ed is the smaller part, it's the, the tent, which is in the Mishkan. The Mishkan has a wall around it. Uh, like a, a rectangular it's a rectangular looking for the top it's a rectangular space or it's encompassed by walls made up of curtains that are part of a rectangle uh, I, I suppose you know there are a lot of models of Mishkan of the Mishkan that are around the kids uh, you, there are books that show you exactly what it looks like the Mishkan it's pretty much uh, clear. It's clear how it, you know, it's very pretty clear how it looked, as opposed to big day kuhuna, which are not so clear. This is the end. They put it up. The building or the structure is up, and then uh, the it, it's inaugurated. It's inaugurated by the anan, and the anan is parallel in the Pasuk to Kvod Hashem. Right? This Anan represents the presence of God. So, And the Kavod of Hashem, which is synonymous with, but not equal to, but synonymous with Anan. Right? They saw the Anan, but they knew that it was Kvod Hashem. It was not uh, uh, it was not something that you see every they knew it was special. They remembered it from from Matan Torah. Matan Torah, the Anan covered the mountain. But they knew that the Anan was the presence of God. They knew that somehow. Sometimes you you, you can't describe. Uh, the words are not available to describe the difference between the Anan, a cloud that you see because it's going to rain, and a cloud that you see because it's God. Uh, it, there are no words to make that distinction, but we understand that that's what is being said. Okay, that's the first uh, Pasuk. Rashi doesn't say anything about this Pasuk, he thinks we understand it, right? It's something that we should know about. 
The second pasuk says, Lo yechol Moshe This is kind of a strange pasuk. Lo yechol Moshe. Moshe was not able to come to Ohel Moed. Ki shachain alav he'anan. Uchavod Hashem alay et ha'mishkan. So now there's sort of a distinction that's being made. The, the Pasuk has three parts of it. The last part of the Pasuk is that there is an Anan, and there's also that the Anan is Shachan Alav Anan. That the Anan, the cloud, dwells above the Oel Moeg. But Chvod Hashem, Malayat Amishkan. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't go in. Because all the space was taken up. It, it was, it, there was no room for Moshe Rabbeinu uh, to go into the Oromo It wasn't because he wasn't worthy, there was just no room. Now, where is the Anan? Is above the Oromo It's sort of sitting there. And as the Anan gets going, the Anan gets going, so B'nai Yisrael know that they are supposed to move on. Bekol Masehem and all their different trips, which we will learn about at the end of, uh, in, in the continuation of, of the books of the Torah. So read the Pasuk again. When the Anan kind of goes up above, where is this Anan? It's hovering over the Mishkan. There's, remember, now there's an Anan and there's Kvod Hashem which are distinguishable somehow. They're distinguishable. The first Pasuk it says, right? So now we know these are two different things. Right? There's Anan and there's Kvod Hashem. The second Pasuk says, because you just can't go there. Uh, why you can't go there? It's not, not perfectly clear, but it takes up all, all the room is taken up. There's the Anan and Kvod Hashem. The next pasuk, Be'alot Anan Me'ala Mishkan, Yisu B'nei Yisrael B'chol Masehem. So you see that the Anan has a particular job, or a, a function. And that function is to tell B'nei Yisrael when they have to move on. When they're going to go to the next stop in the, in the Midbar. Okay, pasuk lavet zayin im lo yaleh anan lo yisu ad ve im lo yaleh anan lo yisu ad yom he alato. So if the anan doesn't move, it just stays there, hovering above the omo eight. Then the Israel stay there; they stay in that place where they are camped, camped out. Lamet chet. This is like something new. That the Anan, the Anan, which is something that you saw during the day, had a parallel Amun Eish that you saw at night, a pillar of fire. And the Anan and the pillar of fire were in charge of moving the day yourself from one place to another. But in the Mishkan, in the Oel Moed, there was Kavod Hashem. That's what, that's what these Psukim, that's what these Psukim, uh, tell us. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Lo Yechol Moshe Lebo Oel Moed, the Rashi quotes a Medrash. 
כתוב אחד אומר, ובבוא משה אל אור מועד, another פסוק, במדבר פרק ז', that says that משה רבנו did go into the אור מועד, ובבוא, here the פסוק says, משה רבנו לא יכול משה להיכנס, and there it says, there it says, ובבוא משה, משה רבנו did come to אור מועד, והכתוב השלישי והכריע בהם, there's a third פסוק, כי שכן עליו הענן. Right? Ki shachain alav ha'anan. That's our pasuk. Lo yachol Moshe lavol al-mo'ed ki shachain alav ha'anan. So this, why couldn't Moshe Rabbeinu go into the al-mo'ed? Because shachain alav ha'anan, the cloud was dwelling upon it. Uchvod Hashem alayet ha'mishkan. And the kavod of God was filled, filled up the Mishkan. So Rashi says, Right, that's our Pasuk, Pasuk Lamed Hei. And more Me'ata, Kol's Vajaya Alav Ha'anan, Lo Ya'yechol Lavo, Nishtalek Ha'anan, Nichnas Umedaber Imo. As long as the Anan was on the, sort of sitting on the Olmoed, Moshe Rabbeinu could not go in Nistaleka Anan, the Anan disappeared, then Moshe Rabbeinu was able to go in, in. Uh, so, uh, okay, okay, Chazal figured out a way to deal with the contradiction. Moshe Rabbeinu can go in, Moshe Rabbeinu cannot go in, right? But, the up the the sub of it, the sum of it is that sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu could go in and sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't go in. In other words, there was a gvul, there was a limit, not always. Only when Moshe Rabbeinu was asked to go in, could he go in. And therefore, this became the model for moving Matan Torah to the Mishkan. Right, the Matan Torah was given to Bnei Yisrael, but there was always a limit. There were always Adkan, but you can't go further than this. The Matan Torah, the Old Moed, Moshe Rabbeinu acting on behalf of Bnei Yisrael, also had a limit. When the Anan is on the Mishkan, no. When the Anan goes above the Mishkan, then, then yes. That's what, that's what it says. Pasuk Lamechet, I'm continuing Rashi. Pasuk Lamechet, the last Pasuk says, Ki Anan Hashem ala mishkan yomam ve'eshdiyelay labo. That's the Anan, right? Again, the Anan that's going to tell them to move or not to move. But where, as long as they are there in one place, the Anan is kind of hovering above the mishkan. Anan Hashem ala mishkan yomam. In the Mishkan, in the Oral Mo'ed, is Kvot Hashem. But on the Oral Mo'ed is Anan Hashem. And as long as they are not moving, as long as they're not going from one place to another, the Anan Hashem stays there on that, in that place. And so, Rashi's, uh, Rashi, Bekol Masash, and you know, Sim, היה הענן שוכן במקום אשר יחנו שם. מקום חנייתם, אף הוא קרוי מסע. מסע, even though מסע sounds like it means a trip, a movement, but it means also where they went to. 
the place that they they came to. Vechein vayelech masaav vechein elamas a lefimim shebekov achanaya chazru v'nasu vechein nikru kolam masaot. So the word masa in Hebrew, according to Rashi, means the place where they stopped and the place from which they went. So because it's the same place. So it can be called a Masa. It can be called a Masa. Okay, this is, this is Rashi. Now we'll look at the Rashbam. The Rashbam has an interesting comment and also reflects on his relationship to his grandfather. His grandfather was Rashi. Right? The Rashbam's grandfather was Rashi. The Rashbam's mother was Rashi's daughter. It's important to remember that. This because sometimes, you know, it works out. The same problem. The same problem that Rashi had. We're talking about the time that the, that the Mishkan was put up. Right, where was the Mishkan put up? Aleph Nisan. The Mishkan was put up in Aleph Nisan. Right? When did Moshe Rabbeinu tell them to start building the Mishkan? Yom HaKippurim. Okay? Yom HaKippurim. They started building the Mishkan. It took them until Aleph Nisan. Right? Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev, Tevei, Shvat, Adar. I guess there's only one Adar. Nisan. Right? Aleph Nisan. So then, at that time, Bishat Akamat, Akamato ki shachein alav ha'anan miyad laharot chibato shel hakadosh baruch hu al Yisrael. This is Rashi. The anan came and placed itself on top of the Mishkan immediately, as soon as it was built, in order to show the chiba, the the love that hakadosh baruch hu had for Am Yisrael. That's nice. And afterwards, right, first there was Shachan Allah Anan Miyat. Then after that, after that, he says, that the Anan would leave the tent and dwell just upon the Aron Kodesh. It says, I will meet with you there. And the voice will come out between the two cherubs that are on top of the Aron Kodesh. And then Moshe Rabbeinu will come to the Ol Moed. He came to the Ol Moed. He heard the voice. And he spoke with the voice. That would teach him, would teach him the Torah. Vechenat motzah beveit olamim, velo yachlu akohanim laavod the sharet. Vepnei haanan ki malek kvod Hashem et beit Hashem. They couldn't go in because the kvod Hashem was was filled up the olmoed. 
בשעת השלמת הבית היה הקדוש ברוך הוא מקדשו בענן ואחר כך היה מצמצם שחיתתו על הארון בין הבדים ואשר שם ליבו לדבר יוצרנו על יזוז מינים סליחה ושחיתתו על הארון בין הבדים והבדים הבדים are the poles that you uh, carry the Aron with. The, when they move from place to place, they had to carry the various Kalim in the Beit HaMikdash, and they did it with Badim, with poles that went into Lulaot, into rings that were attached to the Kli. But the Aron Kodesh, the Aron Kodesh, the Badim, were never removed. They always say in the in the Kodesh Kadashim, the Aron Kodesh was there, but the Badim were always attached to the Aron Kodesh. So he says, he says, he points out, when the Beit HaMikdash, when the Bishkan was complete, God would sanctify it with the Anan. V'achar kach, ayam mitzamtzen shchinato al haron bein habadim. So that, that, according to the Rashbam, there's these two steps. The first step is that you swath the oil mo'ed with an Anan. And that indicates the sanctity of the place. But then that Anan is removed from the Beit HaMikdash and is compressed entirely on top of the Aron Kodesh. Entirely Aron Kodesh. And from that point, from the Aron Kodesh, between the two Kruvim, the cherubs, and, uh, and next to the Badim, came the voice that spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu when God wanted to teach Moshe Rabbeinu the continuation of the Torah. So that, that for the Rashban, there is a different way of dealing with the problem. Right? Rashi, Rashi is the one who brought the problem. The problem was, in one place it says Moshe Rabbeinu could go in. The other place it says Moshe Rabbeinu could not go in. So the Rashi says, well, the answer that Chazal give is, when the Anan is filling the, the Beit HaMikdash, then he can't go in. But when the Anan goes away, then he can go in. Right, you remember? What does the Rashbam say to the same question? He says, no, it's not a contradiction. In the beginning, when God was, was uh, declaring the sanctity of the Oevoed, the whole place was filled up with the Anan, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't go in. But after that happened, the, uh, that Anan became compressed, and it did not fill up the place, the Beit HaMikdash, uh, the Mishkan anymore. But it was, it became the Anan that was on the Aram Kodesh, from which the voice that, that communicated with Moshe Rabbeinu came, and that Moshe Rabbeinu came, was able to go with him to see, right? So, so you could say that here is the Rashbam disagreeing with Rashi, his grandfather, who also was agreeing with Chazal, because the Rashbam was taking a stand against the traditional interpretation. Ah, so now he says, Al Yazuzmi Nimuke Zikne 
Zekeni Rabbeinu Shlomo Ve'al Yamush Mihem They realizes that he may have gone a little too far here here the Rashbam and he says Hashem Libo Midvar Yotzreinu Whoever is, considers carefully the words of our Creator. In this case, he beats his grandfather. Al Yazuz Shlomo. Don't think that my suggestion comes to replace what Rashi said. Zikeni Rabbi Shlomo Ve'al Yamush Mihem, don't ever let go of Rashi. Uh, he says, He says, but even though we don't disagree with Rashi in the sense that we are canceling him, we don't cancel out Rashi, but the best we can say is that in order to satisfy the needs of the Pshat, my interpretation is also a reasonable interpretation, right? But it's not uh, the kind of interpretation that does away with Rashi. So that's, uh, that's an aside, as an aside. Okay. Is the Kodesh Kodashim in the Old Elmo A? Yeah, well, that's all there is, is, is the Old Elmo There's nothing else. That means the same thing? Which? Kodesh Kodashim. No, the Old Elmo is divided into two parts. Okay. Two thirds and a third. Okay. Right? The two thirds part was where the menorah was mm-hmm. and the Mizbeah Hazahav was, okay. and plus a few other little things. And the one third. The back one third was where the Aaron Hakodesh was. And into that one third part, after the Kohanim became Kohanim, which didn't take place yet in the end of Shemot, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't go into the Kodesh Kodeshim except on Yom Kippurim. Right? And even on Yom Kippurim, they, they also couldn't really see what they were doing, the Kohanim. Because the ketoret, the incense offering, uh, the smoke from the incense filled up the whole room, which is certainly something to think about in the context of what we are talking about today. Right? When, when God declared the Mishkan, the sacred place, the, oh, the, the Anan filled up the Mishkan according to everybody, according to Rashi, according to, to the Rabbanan. Somehow, at some time or other, that, according to the Rashbam, that Anan left. According to the Rashbam, it left soon thereafter and was replaced by the smoke that went over the Aron Kodesh. The Anan was all compressed onto the Aron Kodesh. So that when the Kohen Gadol went into the Kodesh Kodoshim on Yom Kippurim by himself, right, which only Moshe Rabbeinu was able to do prior to this, he filled the room with an Anan, which of course represents the presence of God, and he was not able, he, the Kohen Gadol, was not able to see what was going on in the 
in the Kodesh Kodashim, even though there's an indication that the time of Shlomo HaMelech, the time of Shlomo HaMelech, you stood outside, you were able to look in somehow. Right, the curtains would move, and you could see the Kruvim, how the Kruvim were faced, because they, they were able to move this way, the Kruvim. Right, and that's the way, why there's a contradiction between Rashbam and Rashi. Because... It's agree that when the cloud is there, you can't go in, and it's just that... It's a question of timing, the timing is different. According to Rashi, the cloud always existed in the desert. It's the same cloud. But according to Rashbam, the original cloud sort of disappeared and it was replaced by a different kind of cloud. That was the. But the Rashbam wants to make sure that we. Uh, I just wanted to uh, mention the uh, this pasuk. Lo tigabo yad ki sakel o yerogi yarebe maim ish lo yebim shocha yovel emi alu bahar. So there's a pasuk by by Matan Torah that says that there's a limit, right? That while this is going on, the Matan Torah, you can't uh, you can't go up on the mountain. B'nai Israel were, were asked to stay behind the line. And so the Ibn Ezra, if you look at the Ibn Ezra, okay, from the beginning, starting from the Mishokha Yovel, you see Mishokha Yovel, the fourth wide line. Mishokha Yovel, Yovel is the trumpet. The 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 shofar, b'mshoch hayovel, perush keves, v'nekra hayovel kain. The yovel is called the, the it's the it's the horn that comes out of the the sheep. Ba'avur va'varta shofar truah ki shofar hu mikarnei hakeves. It's some of it's a relationship between the shofar and the horns. Of the sheep, the kenka tovim shoch, the karen ayover, the mashvachem et kol hashofarot, vatema al haomrim ki al kol hashofar olech mechazek meod, Moshe yedaber bimshoch ayover ki kol hashofar upele gadol. Okay, he's talking about a different uh, discussion. We're interested in what comes now. He says, "Ain b'mamad har." He says, "Kol shofar pelagadol." The sound of the shofar was a great miracle. Ain b'mamad har Sinai gadol mimenu. There's no greater miracle at Har Sinai than Kol shofar. Kikolot ubrakim va'anan kaved gamhem nir im ba'olam. He says, after all, all the other stuff that went up on Har Sinai are things that happen. They happen naturally. Sometimes there are, there's thunder and there's lightning and there's clouds. I mean, you have levels, so they had it in Har Sinai. Even if it was impressive, it probably could be impressive at other times as well. Bekol shofar lo nishma ad yom brought. By the kol shofar, there's nobody blowing the shofar, it's just a kol shofar. That didn't exist. That was the real miracle of of uh, of uh, So the Ibn Ezra makes a distinction between those things that were miracles because they happened at that time, but in essence, they they could happen at any time. Which is the same thing true about the Makot Mitzrayim. 
right? Svardeya, Kinim, Dever, Shechin, Barad. These things could happen in the world. What made them special in Yisiyat Mitzrayim was that they happened when Moshe Rabbeinu told them to happen. That was the miracle. But not, it's not a miracle that there are frogs running around. That's not a miracle. The miracle is that all the frogs running around are here. That's a miracle. So he says the same thing, even the same thing about the culture of fire. That the culture of fire, the culture of fire was a miracle because no one ever heard a culture of fire before. Every chauffeur blast had somebody blowing the chauffeur. This chauffeur didn't have anybody like that. He called but the sound of the shofar was never heard until this day when the Ten Commandments uh, were given. It didn't come from uh, the horn of a sheep. So the Gaon of Sadia Gaon said that when, they, when Moshe Rabbeinu blew the shofar, then they could go up on the mountain. And this must have been after Moshe Rabbeinu came down from the mountain on Yom Kippurim. And he said, let's build a Mishkan. Then they can go up on the mountain. Omar Another one of the Gaonim, Kitam Hema. Kitam Hema. Aaron Ubanab is Jivim Zikainim Shikaduvalim. Well, Moshe Amar Leal Hashem Atab Aaron Adab Aviu. Vishivim is Igne Israel. Ulisha Ay Israel. Lodatan Vishutla Lotar Hasinai. Al Kaina Mahema. That's why the word Hema is used. Udvarav Tovim Beinai. I like Shmuel Ben Chofni. Ki akovod ayat amid al ha'ar achenasa mishkan dechtiv ukovod Hashem alei et hamishkan. That's our pasuk. As diber im Moshe ba'ol moed ulai as takam Moshe ba'shufar v'natan lo rishut lalot b'stalek hakavod. So you see that in the Ibadah you have the following ideas. One is that after the shofar was blown, everybody was allowed to go up on Har Sinai. Why was everybody allowed to go up on Har Sinai? Because the Kavod Hashem was in the Oel Mo'ed. And the Kavod Hashem is represented also by the Anan. Or as Rashi said and the Pasuk said, there was the Anan on the Oel Moed, just like there was an Anan on Har Sinai, and then there was Kvod Hashem in, in the Oel Moed, which prevented you from going up closer to the mountain. And it may be that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moshe Rabbeinu says, we don't know exactly what this cold shofar is, that Moshe Rabbeinu blew the shofar, which indicated, which indicated that Matan Torah was over. And if Matan Torah was over, then all of B'nai Israel are allowed to go up on the mountain. That's what the Pshad is in saying that, the, that, that it's over. So you see that the, that the, the Ibn Ezra also has a feeling for these things that we, uh, that we are talking about. Now, uh, I'm going to 
going to mention a couple of psukim, and they're not on the sheet, but you'll just have to forgive me. Avram Avinu came to Eretz Canaan. There's something you don't know that I say. Make a noise. And I'll say it again. Avram Avinu came to Eretz Canaan. The first test of Avram Avinu, Eretz Canaan, was Vayhi Ra'av Ba'aretz. Right? There was this famine. Avram Avinu elected, for some reason, to leave Eretz Canaan and to go to Eretz Mitzrayim. In Eretz Mitzrayim, there was a, like a complicated story. He and his wife, he said, she's my sister. The king of Egypt took her, and then he, he was smitten, and he was angry at Avram Avinu. Why didn't you tell me that she's your wife? Why did you tell me she's your sister? Right? That whole story. Right? That whole story, which I guess has some relevance to whatever's going on today, or yesterday. So, so... Uh, Finally, it sounds like the king in Egypt kicks Avram Avinu out and sends him away, right? Back to Eretz Canaan. He goes back to Eretz Canaan with all the riches that were bestowed upon him. All this time in the camp of Avram Avinu is his nephew, whose name is Lot. His name is Lot. They went to Mitzrayim together. They came back from Israel together, and then the pasuk says, "Then the pasuk says, Abraham kaved ma'od b'mikneh b'kesev b'zahav." Abraham had a lot of stuff, a lot of gold, he had a lot of silver, he had a lot of a lot of sheep. Vayelech l'masahav, right? The same pasuk that Rashi quotes. That's how I reminded myself of this. Remember Rashi? He ought to say what Masa is. Is it the beginning of going or is it the beginning of stopping? Right? Is it the beginning of the trip or the end of the trip? And he comes to the conclusion, you could say it's both. So, that's Avram Avinu. He came from the south, right? Egypt is in the is south of and west of Eretz Canaan. So he went east and north. Right? Somehow. I don't mean like a rectangle. It could have been on roads or paths or whatever. But, but as far as we're concerned, they went to the east and they went north. And then it says, Mi Negev Ra'ad Beitel. Beitel today, we all know where Beitel is, right? North of Yerushalayim, but south of Shechem, is a place called Beitel. There happens to be a Yishuv there. And because they are filled with their own importance, they made them two of them. And so one is called Aleph and one is called Bet. I don't know why they did that. But in any event, he went from the Negev to Beitel, which is north of Yerushalayim. Adam Akom Asher Hayasham Ohalo Batchila to the place where Avram Avinu camped originally. What is originally? When he came from Haran to Eretz Kenaan, he came to this place which was near Beitel, and that's where he set up his uh, his community of people and stuff and etc. Bein Beitel Bein Ha'ai. He was in between Beitel and a place called Ai, where Yoshua fought a, a famous battle. Now, listen. 
Pasuk Dalit. Perik Yud Gimel Pasuk Dalit. It says El Makom Amizbeach Asher Asasham Barishona. El Makom Amizbeach Asher Asasham Barishona. Where did he go to? He went to the Mizbeach. What's a Mizbeach? What is a Mizbeach? I mean, could you recognize it if you came across a Mizbeach? Mizbeach is a pile of stones, and you put dirt in between the stones, and sort of like after a while, it just stands there. Now, in no place in the parish of Lech Lecha does it say that Avram Avinu gave a sacrifice. The only sacrifice that we know about the relationship with Avram Avinu is when he sacrificed his son or didn't sacrifice his son. But we have no knowledge of the fact that Avram Avinu may have sacrificed an animal. So what, does, what is the Mizbeach that he built? Why did he build the Mizbeach? Oh, he built the Mizbeach? Because that's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to him. And therefore, Avramavidu understood that the place should be marked. Because if God spoke to Avramavidu in this place, that would be probably a great place to daven. Right? It would, it would give you an edge. It would give you an edge on davening. So Avramavidu, it says, Avramavidu says, El Makoma Mizbeach, Asher Asa Shamba Write the Mizbeach. Why did he build the Mizbeach? Because God spoke to him. What did he do now when he went back to the Mizbeach? It says in the Pasuk, Vayikra Sham Avram B'Shem Hashem. And he called out the name of God. What would we call that? What would we call that? Prayer. Tfilah. Tfilah, not Tfilah. Tfilah, while it is true that Tfilah often is about something, right? I daven because I want, I want refu ashlema for somebody. I want, uh, I want a change in the economic situation for people. Right? That's Tfilah. But there's another aspect to Tfilah without being too modern about it, and that is that Tfilah, the best Tfilah, is an experiential event. It is about a close feeling between the person who prays and God, right? That's experiential. You feel something. So that if you could find a place in the world where that feeling had previously existed or was engendered, wouldn't it be good to mark that place for future reference? And I'll come back to the place again. So this is the first time, even though Noah gave sacrifices, but Noah gave animal sacrifices, right? And other Marisha, according to Chazal, also gave sacrifices, but they were animal sacrifices. The first one, the first one who said that Tfilah is connected, has to be connected to a place, and what determines the place is previous history, right? What happened in that place? What extraordinary event took place there which enables me, which enables me to think that this is a better option for davening, right? What happened? Well, God spoke. God spoke to Avram Avinu. God told Avram Avinu where to go, what to do, how to be. And so Avram Avinu was constantly building these mizbechot. So, 
you see that Ahim Avinu, like you're always looking, you're always looking to discover what did the Avot give us? I mean, not how only how did they live, which is very nice, but, but what did I inherit from the Avot? What kind of understanding do I have? So it seems to me that what Avram Avinu taught us, what Avram Avinu taught us amongst other, you know, many other things as well, what Avram Avinu taught us is that tefillah is enhanced by a makom, by a makom, and that's why it made sense to us to trade in the Mishkan ultimately for the Mikdash. I mean, we had it in the DNA, like we, we were that kind of people. We said you needed a place. You needed a place which was inviolate, which would never move, would never change. And what did we get with the Mishkan? We got something less than that. The Mishkan was less than that, so that when ultimately we had to, the, the Tzibui came to trade in the Mishkan for the Mikdash, that made a lot of sense. That made a lot of sense to us, because the Mikdash, the Mikdash was a place that was a violet, and therefore it makes sense, I think, it makes sense that people go to Daven at the Kotel. I mean, it makes sense, because even though the Kotel is not the Beit HaMikdash, it's not, and therefore it's missing all of that. But the Kotel is the place of the Beit HaMikdash. And even if there would be no Kotel, Shalom, like, you know, even if you, that whole thing would disappear, then davening in that place would still be, would still be a significant act, because it would give everybody that advantage. Give everybody that advantage. And so if you look at the other side of this sheet, the other side of the sheet, there's a, a long comment here by the, uh, by the uh, Preet Sadiq. And he starts off by saying, Avdam Rinan, you see the, the, uh, we're on the second line, Achrechan Mishkan Dikrei Mikdash, Mikdash Dikrei Mishkan, he says very often in different kind of Gemaras, in different places, the word Mishkan is used, right, Mishkan is what we built in the desert, instead of Mikdash. They, they kind of seem to be interchangeable in many texts. Right? Sometimes they say Mishkan, and sometimes they say Mikdash. He says, he says, Mikol Makom, Ikaro Nikra Kol Echad Mishmo Amiyuchad Lo. The Cholzot, even though it would seem that the sources mix up these two words, nevertheless, there is a real distinction between the Mishkan and the and the Mikdash. And what is that? Mishkan Eidut Ita Eidut El Torah. Mishkan, right, what Moshe Rabbeinu built in the desert is called Eidut, the witness. And what is it that you witness? You witness the Torah. Right? That's what we do. These people who receive the Torah are witnesses to the way the Torah was received and that it came from God. So it's called it's called Eidut Eidut El Torah. V'zeu Chalak Moshe Sheyesh Kol Torah V'Kol Tefillah Hanir Mazim B'Pasuk Akol Kol Yaakov Akol Kol Yaakov. Somehow that Pasuk Akol Kol Yaakov in the Zohar represents Kol Tefillah on the one hand, and Kol Torah on the other hand. So that 
that the Mishkan that was built by Moshe Rabbeinu was both the place where there was Kol Torah that was from heaven to Moshe Rabbeinu, right, to B'nai Yisrael, and there was also Kol Tefillah, which is from B'nai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu, to heaven, right, Kol Torah and Kol Tefillah. That was the that was the point of the the Mishkan. Why is it also called Oil Moed? We call a tent. Yaakov Ishtam Yosheva Oalim. Again, the Torah. Obreshit Rabbah. Shnei Oalim. Beit Midrashot Shel Sheva. Beit Midrashot Shel Eva. That there it. Because the two yeshivas, the yeshiva of shame and the yeshiva of Eber, Eber, in the Medrash are called Ohel. They're each called Ohalim. Vechein Mekish Ohalim Lenechalim. The Nechalim are rivers, are rivulets. The Afo Ohalim Maalim et Adam. Vechein Ita, that Ohalim, just like rivers, are mitaher. Torah is also mitaher. That's the that's the connection. That the Torah is is I have pieces of paper from the Torah. They have messages from the Torah. Again, uh, it's very much emphasizing, emphasizing the fact that the oil moed, the oil moed, which was the place of Torah and the place of tefillah, was something that Bnei Yisrael had to have. And why couldn't they wait? I mean, they could wait until the Beit Hamikdash was built, and then they would have the Beit Hamikdash. But no, the Israel couldn't wait. They needed a place, and the fact that they needed the place, even though the Pre-Tzadik doesn't mention it, the fact they needed a place arrives from Avram Avinu because they knew that Avram Avinu, when he came back to Eretz Yisrael, he went to the place, the place which he knew would be appropriate for Tefillah. So what I, I, I want, what I see in this, um, here in the, uh, the pre-Tzadik is this. The pre-Tzadik asks the question, it's not obvious, but I think it's hidden. Like why did they have to build the Mishkan at all? What was the advantage that they got from building something which wasn't quite what it should be? Right? Because the fact that the Mishkan was portable itself seemed to deny the essential nature of the, of the Beit HaMikdash. And you know, I've told you that in Shirat Ayam, in Shirat Ayam, the Gemara says that the people who went through Yitziat Mitzrayim were, were on the level of prophets. They were special people. They understood. They understood what God wanted. This was a great thing of us. We've been telling the story for 3,000 years and we haven't got it right yet. But they understood it. They understood it right at that moment. What it was that they were representing God's will. It wasn't just that they were fighting amongst gods or, or the good guys are winning and the bad guys are losing. It wasn't like that. It was that God's will was being affected in the world in which, in which we lived. And they understood that. 
But I ask you, where was the prophecy? Where was the prophecy that these special people had? So if you remember Shirat Hayam, there's one Pasuk in Shirat Hayam which doesn't belong there. And that Pasuk is Mikdash Hashem Kodinuyadecha. Right? That Pasuk. Mikdash Hashem Kodinuyadecha. What do you mean Mikdash Hashem Kodinuyadecha? You, God, have built the Beit HaMikdash. What Beit HaMikdash? Where Beit HaMikdash? There's nothing. We're talking about Shirat Yam, where the Jews get out of the tribe before they get to Har Sinai. So what's the Mikdash Hashem Kodinuyadecha? In other words, the victory of B'nai Yisrael was, or, or the victory of God's will in this world would never be complete until there would be a Beit HaMikdash. So why did they need a Mishkan? Why did they need a Mishkan? Because they, their inherited personality, which came to them from Avram Avinu, demanded that for Torah and Tefillah they have a place. That if you don't have a place to accomplish the Torah, the learning of Torah and to the and to the Tfilah to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it's not quite the same as Avram Avinu said. He went back to Eretz Canaan and he said, "I want my mitzbeach. I want to be with Israel because I have to call out in the name of God." So the pre-tzaddik says, "Well, that's what the Mishkan was. The Mishkan was dedicated to Torah. Yeah, hint, yeah, hint, a hint, a hint. Right, and the, the Mishkan was devoted to Tfilah, as we all know, to making some kind of, uh, of a connection to God, as the Kabbalists would say, Lereach Nichoach. Right, this was something special. Something didn't happen any place else. It did not happen before, and it did not happen after. So there had to be an interim kind of mikdash. Because as Talmidim of Avram Avinu, they understood that there was this need. And since they were going to Eretz Canaan and would never come back, there was no point in building this Bechot in the, in the desert. And, and so this is the end. This is the end of the book of, of Shemot. In the end of the book of Shemot, the Rabban says that the reduction is the book of Geula, of redemption. Redemption means that they changed. They were worthy of their place in history. B'nai Yisrael had, had gone through many, many uh, 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 difficult times. And they had changed. And they had become once again the children of Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov. And so now we're ready for Vayikra. Huh? Okay. Um, oh, good. Good for perfect. Perfect timing. <laughs>